Hi, I'm Kara Sharon, and welcome to the Digital Business Breakthrough Podcast, where we dive in and explore how you can learn how to break all the rules of business and success and try things that most people aren't willing to do so that you can have unbelievable breakthroughs in your business and life. Are you ready? Hello, and welcome to another episode of Digital Business Breakthrough Podcast, our Fail Forward to Success series. I am so excited for our wonderful guest that we have today, Karen Gilbert. And Karen, I love this. I can't wait for her to share her failure and the golden nuggets you're going to get from it. But she is a fragrance expert, which is, I think, the coolest thing ever. She's also an author, teacher, and speaker. She runs courses in the UK and online, which demystify the secret world of perfumery. I swear I don't ever feel like I say that right. In a fun and interactive way. So we are so happy to have you here today, Karen. Hi, happy to be here. Yay. So tell us a little bit, because I think this is very interesting. So tell us a little bit about you and what you do. So I teach perfumery, which I know most people kind of go, what? What what do you mean by that? And I'm like, well, I teach people how to make perfume. Um, And that is really because, I mean, God, you know, it, it kind of does go back to um my 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 failure that I had that I'm going to talk about a bit later but when I before I went into my first business I worked in the fragrance industry so I started out I landed in the fragrance industry by accident just literally out of college I trained as a makeup artist originally and then I thought I, I went to college and I thought you know I loved it but I knew I didn't want to do it as a living and I ended up staying on and doing a cosmetic science diploma Um, tinkering around in the lab was something that I really loved and I ended up getting a work placement for a big fragrance company um, who manufacture perfume for other brands Um, this whole world opened up and realized that I loved it and then I I ended up getting a job with them and working for them as a fragrance evaluator Um, and then I kind of like progressed my career and I realized that I didn't really want to go into um, as I sort of climbed up the ladder it got more and more boring. So I didn't really want to start working on fragrance accounts for like laundry detergent and toilet bleach and that kind of thing. And I really always loved natural materials and essential oils. So I then um, I switched kind of like sides as it were and went to work for an organic skincare brand um, who was quite a pioneering brand in those days. And I was the worked in product development. So I got to develop some fragrances, natural fragrances for their product lines. And then I became their retail trainer. So that's kind of how I got into it. And then um, there was this big gap, which I'll tell you about, which was my kind of like business that I started that really didn't light me up. And one of the reasons that I now do what I do, which is mainly like teaching people how to create fragrance and and teaching people online, um, is because I discovered that actually I really loved teaching. And that was the thing that lit me up. And it was in when I was in this really dark place Um, of my previous business, I started teaching classes for fun, because I just needed to get my headspace out of this like, stress and this like day to day grind that sometimes we find ourselves in if we end up in businesses that we don't love. And I just wanted to do it for fun. And people bought the courses, they came. And I was like, you know what, there could be something in this. And then um, I somehow manifested a book deal 
Um, and then it kind of, yeah, it took off. And I ended up at one point running the two businesses. But I think the business that I have now actually probably saved me in a lot of ways from um, really kind of like a downward spiral that, that, that could have happened. So yeah, that's kind of where I am now, where I came from. And there's the chunk in the middle that, that we'll talk about. Yeah, that is, that is phenomenal. That is quite a journey. I'm always, it's so interesting to learn about things that you just have no idea about. I, I feel like sometimes my friends or family, when they're like, oh, digital marketing or a digital business, it's like they have no clue. And when I hear you talk about like, you know, the perfume industry, the scent industry, I'm like, wow, holy crap. There's all of the things that people just don't even realize. I know. And I didn't even know until I fell into it by accident. You know, when I would go to parties and say, people say, oh, you know, what do you do? It's like, oh, I'm a fragrance evaluator. And they're like, what? What, what even is that? You know, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> what is that? What does that mean? Do you just sit and smell things all day? And it's like, well, pretty much. Yeah, kind of. But then, but interestingly enough, you know, obviously we know each other from the digital marketing world. Now I've had to learn how to do, you know, online marketing myself from through my businesses, but actually when I was in the fragrance industry at the beginning of the role of a fragrance evaluator is to like select, you know, work with perfumers to develop fragrances for brands. So the evaluator is this like middle point. So you need to be able to speak perfume to the, to the people in the lab, to the perfumers and the creators of the fragrance, but you also need to understand trends and marketing and what sells and messaging and copy. So it kind of, it's almost feels like I've come full circle now because actually yeah. I did have to know that stuff. I learned that stuff on the job way back in the 90s when I was was working for the fragrance company. So, yeah, a big part of it is, is, you know, run through everything that I've done in my life, really. That's amazing. So let's get into you sharing your what I I love saying, like a big fat failure. gosh, where do I even start? It was such a huge chunk of my life, honestly. So when I was, um, I was working for the organic skincare brand and I always knew that I wanted to run my own business at some point. Um, but because I'd been in the industry, I, you know, seen behind the scenes of a skincare brand launching and, you know, working in product development, um, at that point, and, I, and, and you know, the job was quite stressful. The, the company itself that I worked for, who were amazing, and they're still going today from strength to strength. At the time, they were in this period of like growth that was quite difficult, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were in the process of relocating from London um, to a custom designed like eco factory in, in Dorset. So ironically, down not so far from where I currently live now but I'm a Londoner lived in London all my life um, and I'm like I just don't want to I don't want to leave London so I already knew that this was going to happen ahead of time and um, me and my my partner at the time we were like kind of sitting in a bar in in Scotland actually we'd been to like I don't know visit friends I can't even remember what we're doing up there and but we'd visited this like really cool shop clothing shop um and I don't even know what you'd call them in the States. It's kind of like, do you still have Hot Topic in the US? I don't know. No, you probably don't actually. It's That's probably died a death. But it was the sort of cool little shop that, you know, like that sold band t-shirts, like band merch, um, you know, like slightly um, gothy, alternative kind of clothing, hmm. that kind of thing. 
And um, we'd all we'd sort of grown up hanging around in Camden Market, which was like the cool sort of alternative places in London. Um, and what we found was that, that whenever you went into a store there, everyone was a bit snooty and everyone was a bit too cool for school. And so you, you would, would feel like you weren't cool enough and, you know, really uncomfortable, that kind of thing. And we'd just moved. I'd moved to an area of South London that was a little bit out. It was a lot out of the centre. And there was this little group of kids who were... Um, you know, into that kind of thing. And there was nothing really there for them. And so we were kind of like talking about different business ideas because I know, knew that I wanted to do something different. Um, and just went into this shop and, and had such a great experience there. And just over, a, a, you know, a couple of beers, I just said, like, maybe we should open a shop. And he said, hmm, maybe. <laughs> and so that was in the July of 2003, um, I got we got home I thought well I'll go and have a look have a look for some premises and see if there's anything about I don't even know and you know I knew, knew a little bit about retail but I'd never run like I'd worked in retail and I'd done training in retail but I'd never actually kind of like owned a shop let alone a clothing shop um, and it was just one of those things and then there was this little unit that was really cheap in our local area and I was like oh let me phone the estate agent and by the December of that year, we had a shop filled with stock and it was open. Um, and that was amazing, but also probably not a great idea either. And because I didn't, I know I'd worked in retail and that was, I kind of knew it as a being on the shop floor, didn't know how to run a, sh um, a retail business or what really, I thought I knew what it entailed, but I wasn't really sure. The shop was, um, the rent was really cheap. So I thought, well, that's okay. And I'm still working. I was still working full time. And my partner wasn't working. So I was like, well, you know, I can fund it, but you have to work in the shop. Um, and that was kind of how it started. Um, and it, it was really, it went really, really well. Everybody loved it. it. It just, it kind of grew within that next sort of like six, it wasn't even a year, I don't think, that it, it actually got too big for this tiny little bricks and mortar space. And so we moved to a bigger unit and um, and then it got bigger and bigger and bigger. And that was great. We took one member of staff on um, and then it came to the point where the company that I was working for were relocating. And so I had to make the decision to either go with them or leave. And I'd already I already knew at that point because I was like trying to run the business and work full time and juggling everything. Um, and I already knew I was going to leave. So I left and I went into working in the business full time. Um, and it was then that I realized that it so was not my zone of genius. It, it wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, but because we were a growing business, um, I was borrowing money to buy stock. And I think well, that's one of the things that you don't necessarily appreciate when you have a bricks and mortar store is that you've got to fill it with something. And they always say, you know, like that you want to keep your stock holding really lean because that's dead money. So all of the money that you put in, it's kind of not worth anything unless you actually sell it. Um, and of course, if you don't know what you're doing, you know, some things sell, some things don't. Um, yeah, so that that's kind of like where we got to and what I ended up doing because I had a job, I had a mortgage, I had a really good credit rating. Um, and so because we didn't have any trading history in the business, I couldn't get a business loan. So I was like, it's fine, you know, I've got 0% interest credit cards. So I would just put stuff on my credit cards 
And then it was like, okay, as, as long as we've sold some stuff and I'll pay that off. And we juggled it for ages. And then we got a um, a letter from our landlord to say, so I had, I'd, at that point, I'd like the debt had started to, to mount up because, you know, we probably had about 30, 40,000 pounds worth of stock, like to fill a shop, right? Um, <laughs> and then the landlord said, oh, well, you know, we're going to redevelop this area. So we're going to have to evict you. Oh. Um and I was just like, oh, God, you know, what are we going to do? And I think that was that was a point where I felt like so out of my depth with not knowing what to do, because I was like, you know, how am I going to pay this money off if I have no business? And so they offered us another premise. So there was another premises that was available that had a little bit of a longer timeline on it, but it was on the high street. And I was like, well, actually, that could work really well because it's more foot traffic. And then, um, but it was like three times the size. Wow. Um, and I said, okay, well, it's three times the size. So we've got like, you know, the top floor, you know, it was like three floors. I was like, okay, well, we don't need to, to fill the other two floors. We can just fill the, the one floor. But even that floor space was much bigger. And because it was on the high street, there was a lot more people coming in. So we, we took it in the end because I didn't know what else to do. The rent was probably, a, you know, the rent wasn't double, but it was a, it was a lot. Um, and what we didn't realize at the time is we'd have to hire more staff because if you've got bigger shop space, you need to buy more stock, you need more staff. It's a whole, it was a whole different ball game. And this happened within like uh, four or five, within four years, like, um, and then in the meantime, because I was sort of a bit bored with it, with the, I realized that the audience wasn't really my ideal customer as a, you know, Dealing with teenage kids, you know, in and out of the shop wasn't really my fun place. Um, and a friend of mine said, well, you know, I've got this business idea and there was another unit available. So I opened in the mean meantime a second shop that was selling more kind of like grown up, glamorous evening wear. So trying to juggle all of these things at the same time, um, I sort of got myself into a little bit of a sticky situation. Um, more staff than I could afford. And then the reset, and this was like running up to, you can probably see where this is going, like in the run up to, I think, 2007, 2008. Um, and then the recession hit in 2008. Um, and the credit card companies were like, whacked everything up to about 30% interest. Wow. Um, and so the footfall kind of fell big stores like Primark, I don't know if you have them in the States, but they're like real kind of like big clothing stores, like real fast fashion. So you can buy it, you could, I don't know, I haven't been to one for years, but you could buy a t-shirt for £1.50, um, like a dress for a fiver, like really like cheap stuff. Um, but they were selling high volume, low margin, but they were also, when we started, we people would come to us because we had cool designs. And the mainstream was not cool, but they clearly got wind of that. And then they started to like get cool designs in. And so the kids who were coming to us were like, well, why should we come to you and spend 25 pounds on a T-shirt that we can't really afford when we could get something really similar for like five down the road? And we were really, really struggling. Um, yeah. So it ended up at a point. I think this was probably in 2009 where I, my credit cards were about 85,000 um, mm. and they were all on about a 20, between 29, yeah, about 25 to 29% interest every month. Wow. wow. That in, 
itself is quite a payment. Goodness gracious. And at the same time, and I think this is something that, you know, a lot of business owners can can find is that, and, and I don't know whether it was because I had quite young staff as well. Um, if you're like the CEO, you're like the, the only person like at the top of that business, everybody's coming to you with like, oh, what should we do here about this? What should we do about that? How do we do that? And I was like really on my own in the business because my partner at the time was on the shop floor. He was like the front facing but I was really the only one actually running the business. But I was always in the shop. I was always putting out fires. I was running around, you know, like not literally, thankfully, but, but you know, there was always a staffing problem. There was like some stock had gone missing or like some shoplifter, had, you know, or there was a bills that needed to be paid. There was shifting money around from one card to the other because we couldn't pay this. And we only had a little bit of money in the bank and, you know, all of that. So you get to a place, I think, where you kind of, I, I, I could definitely say I was probably on the verge of a nervous breakdown, for sure. Wow. And so what, what do you think is one lesson that you learned from that? I mean, because that there, there's a lot to unpack there's in there. There's a lot. <laughs> but, How long have you got? <laughs> one big lesson. Yeah, so the one big lesson that I know, I mean, and like, you know, spoiler alert, we did turn it, I did turn it around. Um, but one of the big lessons, and I well, no, there's two actually, two that I want to share. The first lesson is that if you are, um, if, you've, if you're in a situation like that, it might seem counterintuitive, but the biggest thing that, that turned things around for me is I actually stepped away from the business for a bit. I actually stepped out of the business and I delegated more stuff to staff and gave them more responsibility because that gave me, that bought me a bit of brain space to actually see things from a a real kind of like bird's eye view. Mm -hmm. Because when you are in the business, you can't work on the business. And I know that probably sounds like a bit, everybody says that, (laughs) Um, all of the business gurus say that, but living it myself, you know, Uh, some one of my business my you know a business mentor that I've had like for many many years you know she advised me she'd like just step away just like take yourself out of it even if it's for like one day and I managed to carve out a one day a week where I wasn't in the business Um, I think it started as an afternoon then it was a day then it was two days and I gradually delegated to, to my team and what I noticed when I did that is that actually we started to sell more things started to get better because I was empowering them. I was giving them a bit more responsibility. Um, And also I had a bit more headspace to think of strategy to like, okay, how can we, how can we turn this around? What do we need to do differently? So that was the, 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 the big lesson that actually, even if it seems counterintuitive at the time, stepping away from like, don't be in the weeds of it all the time. Otherwise you're not going to be able to see the bigger picture. Um, And the second thing, which is like really the big lesson is that, if you are going into any business, make sure that when from the outset, you really like it's something that you know that you love. There are always going to be bits of your business that you hate. Even if you do something you love, there are going to be bits that are just like just suck and, and you know, suck the life out of you. You know, whether it's, you know, doing your bookkeeping or f- sorting out receipts or, you know, customers or whatever that that bit is for you. But overall, you know, the you've got to have a real joy. It's got to feel like a passion for you. If you're just doing it for the money to pay the bills, 
Um, business is a really hard thing to do sometimes. And if you don't love it, like you need that, that joyful aspect of it to get you over the humps that are going to come along. And for me, that business that I had then, even though it taught me so much, it was just like, oh God, it was just like a, a university education, an expensive one, like in, in real life form. But I realized from taking time away from the business and doing something different that actually I start that business really, I started it um, with my then partner for him, really. It was his zone of genius to like be that front person. It was his thing. It wasn't really me. I had a job. He didn't have a job. And I think like if I'm really honest with myself, I started that business to get to employ him, to give him a job. Mm. Um, and you really can't do that. You really have to be doing it for yourself. Um, you know, and I know people say, oh, you know, people do it for their kids and all of that. But I think you've got to really have the passion for it because you need that momentum to get you over those difficult places and those humps. Um, yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. So let me ask you this. Let's say there is somebody listening to this right now. And regardless of what kind of business they have, they have racked up the credit card debt. They are not loving their business. They're feeling like, you know, remember back to what you were feeling back then, yeah. you know, in the midst of that despair of what, yeah. and, and I know I can go there with you because I know I've been there yeah. myself, you know, when we, you, you can, I could see it in your, your face of, you know, oh yeah, the, you know, going back to that moment, if there is a listener that is in that despair right now, what words of wisdom would you give now being on the other side of it? And being, you know, the light and everything, somebody who might be in that darkness right now, what, what, what kind of words of wisdom would you give them? The first thing that pops into my head is that you have a decision to make. Um, and the only place you can make that decision from is a place of clarity about what you really want. Um, because if you're in when you're in, and this is what a, a business coach of mine said to me years ago, like when you're in it, you're in it and you can't see your way out. And I know for many years, I couldn't see my way out of it. And so even if you feel like you can't see your way out of it right now, like you, that you will find a way you yeah. will. Um, so what I did in that time is I carved out that time for myself to find all my mission was, was to find a place of clarity so that I could make a, a decision. And my business coach at the time said to me, look, you know, your credit cards, like, you know, get some arrangement to, to pay them off. Like, even if you have to declare bankruptcy, you know, like you're not going to die, you know, even if, and she, she said, just get rid of the business. It's not making you any money. It's sucking. It. We had a 25 K loss every year, you know, it was like, she advised me to get rid of it. I was, I was stubborn and I didn't. And the reason that I didn't was because the only thing that I had that I knew I wanted to hang on to, I didn't want to lose my house. Um, and I didn't want to declare bankruptcy because I didn't want to lose my house. And so I, I kind of, I dug my heels in and I said, I'm not going to ditch the business. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to find a way to turn that around and pay that debt off and then close it down if I have to, but I do not want to be bankrupt. 
like that was my and and that's not necessarily a decision for everyone because some people kind of go yeah that's fine like for me personally um so I think it, it you know everybody has got their own way of, of doing it and in the end you know it took me what was this this was like 2010 and then by uh, 2014 I'd managed to, we'd managed to pay off that 85k and be in profit good and, for and you that we managed that was because I dug my heels in and I said no I'm going to find a way but that I came to that decision and the decisions of what to do to what strategy to do to, to to pay that off from a place of clarity because I took time away and mm -hmm. I didn't make that decision rashly I didn't make it from a place of fear and stress and confusion I made it from a, a place of calm um, and so if you are in that place at the moment where you're feeling like everything is just too much, it's all on top of you, like try not to make a decision from that place. And if you can even just like carve out little bits of time to just, and you know, like this is my, I suppose my sort of like woo side coming in, like meditate, journal, um, just, and I remember actually saying, you know, I, I need to, um, I, I joined like I did some personal development stuff and I, I joined like a coaching thing and I just I did it because I just needed to have an excuse to not go into the business <laughs> and so yeah because you know we're sort of so used to kind of like you've got to be doing something you've got to be doing something and don't always think that your best decisions will come from when you're in forward motion sometimes they come from a place of stillness and if you mm -hmm. could just like search for that that little bit even if it's just like an hour um, a, a, a week or whatever just carve out as much of that time um, as you can to find that place where you know if you're a writer if you like making notes like sometimes I just write you know just get everything out of your head onto paper um, you don't have to be kind of sitting there perfecting your meditation technique it's literally just taking some time even going having a bath I used to just take a, like a half hour in a bath with the door shut with some nice oils and you know Epsom salts or whatever to just have that time to just not think and when you're in that space of not thinking about your problems and all of the the crap that's going on that's when the that for me personally that's when my ideas drop in I think hang on a minute what if we do that like yeah so that that's kind of the advice that I would give really that's amazing I think your story is amazing I think you know it's very inspiring because it's interesting. You and I, I feel like there's some similarities, but also different paths. So, you know, in, in mine, I had a multi-million dollar company go down that took me into personal bankruptcy. Yeah. We're actually quite lucky. We don't have to lose our house. We can actually choose to keep it. Yeah. Um, however, it, it, it was a whole different experience. And so I love hearing, like, I mean, that is an amazing thing for you to like dig in get rid of that debt and be profitable, like kudos to you. Like that just showed. Yeah, and I think it was just one of the, I mean, I searched and searched for the answer. And and I think actually it's why I got into online learning online marketing. And I, I ended up in the internet marketing world because <laughs> like one of my strategies, which actually wasn't the one that worked for me, but one of my strategies was, okay, we need a bigger reach. We need to like mm -hmm. get out there. We need to get online. We need to have an online shop. Um, and, but it, we couldn't, well, what I discovered was we couldn't really compete with a lot of the big online ones that were there already. Mm -hmm. So that, even though that didn't work for me, 
you know when you go to these internet marketing conferences if you think back to like the two (laughs) you know 2008 2009 like you know there were personal development speakers and I'm like oh you know oh I need to sort my mindset out I need to like do this and that and so I learned a whole heap of other stuff um that helped me with the strategy that wasn't what I was looking for you know I didn't end up doing e-commerce which is which is hilarious um but yeah I didn't end up going down that route um because and purely because what I came to with all of the in the search for that I ended up doing the personal development stuff and then that helped me to find what I truly wanted to do and what I truly loved to do and that was teaching um and the thing I did love about the retail business was wasn't the staff management but I did like inspiring and mentoring like yeah um those people so um yeah so that kind of led me to to where I am today and so I'm really grateful for it and grateful for the lessons and I'm really glad that it wasn't anywhere near you know it was a multi-six-figure business but it you know god I can't even imagine if it was a multi-million and that took me down that's like horrifying (laughs) Well, you know what? I my lesson on a small scale. (laughs) Well, and this is what I love. And this is one of the reasons, because I remember when I was in the midst of that failure, uh, I met someone, you know, we, we lost a few million and I remember, um, at a conference met someone similar, except they had lost seven to 10 million and how that made me feel like I only got a couple mil, you know what I mean? And I always, that's what I love sharing that right? It's because you hear it on all these different levels of like, whoa, they failed so hard and they're here and they're smiling or they're like, you know, for me, that's how I show up is like, you know, my energy still stays in this state of like, listen, I, well, I don't wish that on my worst enemy. It's part of my story and I embrace it and the lessons and all of that, but it's so awesome to hear all the different failures. And that's why I love and want to do this series is that people fail hard on all of these different levels, but there's so many amazing stories and nuggets that we yeah, get. Yeah, and I think one of the biggest things, and, and I, I don't know whether it was just for me, you know, like I felt that I didn't want to be a failure. And I thought if, if I just declared myself bankrupt, then I would be a failure, you know. And I think it's so funny coming out the other side of that and seeing, well, it probably would have saved me like years of stress and anguish. <laughs> like, whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Which but is because- interesting. It's- yeah, yeah, it's what we tell ourselves. So stubborn. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to do that because it was because of the shame of it as well. It was like personally, I just felt, you know, I would be like, I couldn't face the world if I'd done that because I would be a failure as a business person. And and it's not until you know years down the line because I was very new and I didn't really know what I was doing. And then you kind of look back and you think you see other business owners that have like oh, you know, lost this million and that million and then started over. And, you know, it's just so common. It is. And you just think, why was I even worrying about like that 85K? You know, it, it seems crazy, but that is not to diminish it because somebody might be in a position where, you know, like they're in a situation where they've got like 25K or 10K and that's like, you know, it, it's all relative. It's all I'm relative. Saying. It feels like you're 85K, you know? It and It doesn't make any difference. it's all relative to where you're at you know so my 85k probably felt the same as your couple of million you know it's just it does it's it the number is different but the feel you know how you feel and and you know all of the things that's real and you know you can replace you know the numbers but it is 
the truth of the matter is, is that we live in a society that has not taught us that failure is something we can thrive through. Failure is something that we can be proud of, that we can, you know, wear a badge of honor as opposed to a badge of disgrace. And yeah. so I feel like, then that's part of my messaging in this is that, you know, redefining, I always say redefining the F word, but failure, you were redefining yeah. it because it is something you should embrace. And in order to have success, you must fail. And we could say that a million times over, but, you know, I really want people to understand that failure is just part of when we decide to be an entrepreneur, you are embracing a life of failure, whether you it's, want it's to or a not. It's risk that you take. Not everything's going to work, right? You know, and I've the same in my in my current business, you know, I've I've done, you know, launch courses that just like I was so excited about. And I was like, Meh. <laughs> it fell flat and you kind of go, okay. And, you know, not take it personally. It's just like, okay, well, that one didn't work. Like, let's let's try the next one. Um, and I think it's interesting, though, you know, I, I definitely know that when you're in it, it doesn't feel like that. And I, de I definitely don't think I would have been able to talk about it the way I am now yeah. Yeah. if I hadn't have. I mean, maybe I would if I hadn't have paid it or, you know, I would have come out the other, other side, whatever. But I think while I was in that little block of window of like, right, I'm going to get through this. I don't think I would have been able to talk about it as positively. Um, I think when, when it's on the other side, when you're really on the other side of it, it's like, okay, yeah, I, I got through that. And actually the lessons that I got from it were, were kind of worth the pain kind of thing, because I know that I, I'm not, I found really what I want to do. You know, I found the business that I love and it's not even really about making the money back. It's like that it was an expensive education, but, you know, it kind of paid for itself in the end. It does. And I, I always joke and I like to say, I feel like I have my PhD in resiliency because I've been oh, hit totally. so hard. Right. Yeah. And, but it's, it's great. It, it has made me be the, per, help shape who I am today and, and how I can handle it. And yeah, you know, sometimes you might have some uh, post-traumatic stress <laughs> that pops up from your past, you know, but again, like, you know, we have discussed and that's a whole nother thing, which is, which is mindset. But I do want to say thank you so much for being here today. How do people connect with you, find you if they want to, you know, learn how to make wonderful Sense. Yeah, I mean, I'm on social media. I'm pretty easy to find. Um, uh, on uh, Instagram, I'm just at Karen Gilbert. Um, my website is karengilbert.co.uk. So yeah, um, or you can even Google Karen Gilbert perfume, and I will probably pop up. <laughs> well, that is wonderful. Thank you so much. You have given us so many amazing nuggets. I'm actually going to go back and listen to this, I think a few times to pull out some of your amazing, amazing things that you said today. So thank you. You're very welcome. Lovely. Thank you so much for inviting me.